0: Welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I am your host. Every, used to be every week, (laughs) I'd bring you interviews of makers and artists of all kinds from all over the world that identify as female, non binary, or transgender. It's been a minute and i have missed you all i have been busy finishing my first semester of grad school busy resting for that first semester and then getting the new semester started so i am taking a uh, new approach this year mainly due to time and uh mental energy capacity. Um, so taking a different approach this year with the podcast, I will be doing these kind of mini series throughout the years where I'll um, basically complete, you know, <clears throat> somewhere between probably five to 10 uh, interviews and releasing them all at once. So this is the first mini series of 2023 and I have four or sorry five episodes for you that are releasing all now and uh, I'm excited to share all of these wonderful makers and artists with you as always uh lots of laughs, lots of good conversation about all the various different, uh, things in life that we interact with that are not just making, but do affect our creative outlet. So, um, this first episode of the mini series is with Chelsea Van Voris. And Chelsea is a woodworker, designer, and veneer artist focused on creating fashion forward pieces with social and political commentary. She uses traditional woodworking materials and techniques to make non-traditional pieces. Um, I have been following Chelsea on Instagram for a while now, loving her veneer artwork. Um, She has released recently some extremely powerful pieces, and um, I am honored that she spent time with me and had a conversation with me I do want to give a warning for this episode there is talk of and discussion Mm -hmm. about sexual assault and so if that is something um, that is triggering to you or something hard for you to listen about talk about uh, I would suggest skipping this episode and going to the next one Uh, before hopping into the conversation with chelsea i do want to give a huge huge shout out and thank you to the patrons on patreon so thank you so much matthew from Artigiano serio candace cj woodgrain lee lee runyon annette 513 woodworks katie thompson women of woodworking kevin lefty's woodshop christy twisted twine Jeremy, Jeremy Speece, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel, Moody Makes, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Brandy, Studio Obey, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so, so very much for your continued support of the podcast. Most of you have been with me the entire time of the podcast, and you have no idea what that means to me. So, Thank you so much for helping make this podcast happen. All right, let's hop into this very first episode of the 2023 first mini series with Chelsea Van Forrest. Well, um, Chelsea, I do like to start my episodes by asking my guests to introduce themselves. So, would you do that for me? Yes. Hello. Uh, I'm Chelsea Van Forrest,
1: and I am an artist and a woodworker.
0: Excellent. And uh, can you share your pronouns with us? Yes, my pronouns are she, her. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, Mine are she, her. Katie, what are your pronouns? Yeah, she, her. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So, um, okay, so before... I dive into the world of Chelsea and artist and woodworker. I want to know like kind of your the bigger story of you so like where like where'd you grow up and you know what's kind of the journey from like baby Chelsea to now?
1: Uh, Yeah okay so I grew up um, in a small town outside of Rochester, New York and I always knew I wanted to do something in the arts So I actually, for college, I went to Pratt Institute in Brooklyn and I was a fashion designer, uh, which people, it's it's a really weird transition, but um, I designed clothes in New York City for six years for uh, Macy's private label brands. um, And I really loved designing and I loved like going out into the world and like seeing someone wear a shirt that I worked on, you know? and that was really fun but I was starting to get a little like disillusioned by the industry and um, you know my heart wasn't really in it anymore and I wasn't really into New York City anymore and I uh, wanted to get into furniture and my uncle actually gave me some of the best advice that I've ever gotten. Um, I was thinking about going back to grad school for furniture design and he was like you Know how to design. You've got an education in design. You just need a crash course in a new medium. So I think about that all the time. Like if I ever want to explore something new, it's just learning a different medium. Uh, so I decided to take just a twelve-week course at uh, the Center for Furniture Craftsmanship in Maine, and I went up there. And it was supposed to be twelve weeks. I Ended up staying there for four years. And yeah, and I just okay, love okay. I love woodworking. There you
0: go. Are you in like is Maine where you're at now?
1: No, now I'm in New Orleans. <laughs> so okay, yeah, so, so then, okay.
0: Journey there, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I was in Maine. I was I took the twelve week course. Um, I knew I wanted to continue this education, so um, I ended up getting a job at a cabinet making place. Um, and I figured this is great. I can learn new things and get paid for it instead of you know going to school, which I couldn't afford. Um, so I did that for a little bit. Uh, it ended up not being a very good match uh, because of personalities um, in that workplace and not having a lot of female representation. It uh, was quite toxic. Uh, so I did, I had to leave. Um, And then I applied to be a fellow back at the Center for Furniture Craftsmanship, which I was, which I got, which was amazing. So I did a year there and that's kind of when I deep dived into veneer specifically. Um, For a while, when I was in Maine, I wasn't at the cabinet shop. I wasn't at the center. I was just in my apartment and I wanted to keep working, but I didn't have space or tools. And, you know, you can cut veneer with a knife. So that's like where I really learned how to do things on a budget. I would glue up my veneer pieces and clamp them to my like kitchen table. (laughs) So I was doing that. And then I did the fellowship, which was amazing. And that fellowship ended uh, January, 2020. So okay. I moved back to Rochester uh, for what I thought was going to be like a month or two. Uh, and then I was going to travel and do that. And then the pandemic hit. So mm-hmm. I pandemic in Rochester and winter was looming. And I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do another one. So kind of like on a whim, I packed up my car and moved down to New Orleans. And I love it here. It's great.
0: Awesome. Now, like, you know, I know you mainly just from like following you on Instagram and seeing all of your like veneer artwork. Do you still practice? Like, do you do furniture as well? Yeah, um, what,
1: what was the last? Well, I guess like the last furniture piece I did was the screen. It was a three part screen with hinges. It was like kind of a room divider and then all the panels were uh, faces many mm-hmm. your faces. Um, I do enjoy furniture, but there's something about it taking so long <laughs> <laughs> that like it it like I get bored. if I have to spend a month making this beautiful thing, then there are days where I'm just doing boring, mundane things, right yeah, and I yeah. lose yeah. Um, so yeah, I, and also, um, I have been without a shop for a little while. Um, so also in new Orleans, uh, we are starting a community workshop and it's going to be open to people for an affordable membership fee and I'm helping out. I'm going to be the shop manager. So now that I have access to bigger machines and a bigger space, hopefully I'll get back into bigger pieces.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like everything you listed is kind of common roadblocks for a lot of people to get into like hardcore woodworking, you know, or the making of bigger pieces, um, because equipment is expensive outside of like, even just having the space for it, like the price tag of most stuff is expensive. Um, and it's funny what you said about the whole, like, I, I'm the same way, but I manage to push through it in the sense of like by the time I get to the like sanding stage I'm usually like so done that project like my mind's already like on the next thing and I start getting like annoyed that I have to finish this thing up um, and I can't move to the next project. Are Uh, you like me where you're
1: in between multiple (laughs) projects at the same time and at different steps?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, this is actually like, right now, you know, I'm finishing my first semester of grad school, which is for design. Um, And so like, I'm working in two new mediums that I've never worked in which is metal and fiberglass and making a, a chair out of them but I'm like at that stage where it's like just the mundane tasks left and I'm like I am so over this and ready to be like I just want it done yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. yeah um
1: metal and I keep telling myself
0: cool. yeah I keep telling myself that when it's done and finished and like looks the way that I've seen in my head for months now that I'll be like happy with it but i'm ready to get over that hump just put it that way yeah um yeah so usually to your point usually like if i don't have these looming deadlines which usually i'm making stuff just for me like or my family or whatever then like i can kind of pause that project at that step and like start something new and then come back like more refreshed to like finish it up but i just don't have that option this time which is stressful but it's interesting to me that like I love that you went with the veneer I feel like and I I know this isn't true I know tons of people that still do like marquetry work which is the whole like veneer work on um like on furniture and stuff there's lots of people that still do that but I don't know I don't feel like I've seen many people push it to the the direction you've pushed it to, which is kind of like social justice-focused artwork, I feel like. I try. I wanna know more about like that, like what, you know, is that something that you've like always been passionate about um, and just didn't have a medium for it or is this kind of like a newer journey for you? I would say it's
1: definitely newer. Um, I've talked about this a little bit in the past. Um, I myself, in a wood shop was sexually assaulted um, by, you know, my boss, manager, whatever we want to call it. Um, and, you know, when you're in an environment that's mostly men the women kind of do come together and I'll, Oh, did you hear about this? Has this ever happened to you? You know? And it kind of started um, in that sense of like, like I heard all these other stories and you know, we never said them out loud. We never really told anybody. We kind of just like held the power however we could, you know? Um, And I respect so many people who have gone through these stories and have, been kind enough to share those with me. Um, so that was like something that I started to feel kind of passionate about was specifically it started with women and marginalized folks in the woodshop and then of course 2020 happened and everything just came to a head and I kind of um, started to end, educate myself on a more um, intersectional level of activism. and. You know, I have this amazing group of friends that really, we supported each other and we called each other out and called each other in and really held each other accountable in these great ways. And, you know, I'm still learning about myself and the world, but um, especially during the pandemic, I needed to kind of have these feelings, but do something with them. You know, like talking wasn't enough for me. Um, and I've also, also whenever I'm like super anxious or like really upset, I do cut veneer. (laughs) Um, there was one night where I was like on the verge of a panic attack and I made a whole panel in just one night because I was like, I'm going to go crazy otherwise. So (laughs) it was kind of just like getting it out for myself and then having a conversation about it afterwards. I feel like I've posted these things and had really great conversations with people and heard their reactions. And, um, yeah. And I will, you know, it's also just for me kind of having the conversation of what is art for me that I made versus appropriation too. So that's kind of something Mm -hmm. that I have enjoyed talking about and learning about like I made one piece that was um the black power fist and after I made it I was just like something inside of me was like I can't sell this that's gross for me to take money for that but I you know I just needed to make a piece when I was going through that thought process Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. of all the riots and the, you know. uh, So, yeah, it's just, it's been really good for me personally. And then also I love to have the conversations afterwards and it's kind of just like whatever
0: I'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) is what I make. (laughs) I mean, so I was not aware of the assault and i'm going to say i'm sorry that happened to you and um you know mine was not in a wood shop but me too so i definitely you know stand in solidarity with you there i am also impressed i'm sorry to you as well thank you i'm also impressed that like you didn't let that take away your love of like the medium, because I could see that like easily happening, you know, just like a connection of like the traumatic event and then that space. Um, So I'm glad to see like that you didn't let that take that away from you and you've turned it into something um, beautiful. I mean, I think the first few pieces that caught my attention of yours, you know, like why I like started following you, were um, like the vagina pictures. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) you know, I'm like, I've I've got a good story about that.
1: So I, the first vagina that I made was like, literally like all my veneer was like strewn strewn across my floor. And it was just like, I was just trying to think of something. And I just saw these curves in the wood. And I was like, So I made it, and I I really enjoyed, like, I put a crown on it and did, like, you know, some other sun and moon, and and I I liked the tongue-in-cheek about it. I loved that it was, I didn't do that. The tree grew that way, you know? Right. (laughs) But the thing was, is that, you know, and then I wrote this post, and I was, you know, talking about how the term pussy is, used negatively and it's like oh I'm sorry is this not the source of like pleasure and life and life yeah why <laughs> yeah. is it negative and um I uh an old, old cohort reached out and was very angry that I wasn't talking about penises more. Uh <laughs> and it got to it was like a little bit freudian and it was like okay, yeah, you did make a great point. People do use like dick as a negative connotation as well. Um, Like, why is genitalia? Anyways, it was a good point that he made and I was like, yeah, that's a good point. I I, I made a vagina. I didn't make a dick. So I'm going to talk about the vagina. But he got like really mad and it was very uncomfortable. (laughs) So um, I decided to make more. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've sold a bunch of them and I love it. I love that people, you know, it's, it's art, you know? And my one friend from college actually bought one and it's hanging in her living room and she's also an artist. So she's talking to her kids about the value of art and, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. investing in art, yada, yada. And um, her kids are young and they just decide they're like, Oh, well, how some kids are, you know, when you die, I want this art piece and I want to inherit yeah, this yeah. art piece. And they didn't know that it was a vagina. <laughs> so they were like fighting over it. They're like, no,
0: I want that one. No, I love it. I mean, yeah. I, I am determined that probably one one of these days I'll be reaching out and being like, okay, I need you to make me one because I'm ready to like buy it. Um and make, you know, it's it in our house. Like raising children, especially with, you know, my youngest until she tells me otherwise is female and like properly teaching all of the names of the body parts. Um, And that is not something to like be ashamed of or shy away from or all of those things that I feel like even... um, you know our generations. I'm going to lump you in with me because I'm sure you're not that much younger than me. So, you know that we weren't raised necessarily that way. Or if you were, like, you had a super progressive parent if they like told you yeah. all of that, right? Oh God, yeah, no, we we were just thrown to the wolves. We're like, figure it out yeah. yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we do the same for my for my oldest, my son too. You know, it's like, and we get even. My wife uh, has. As a medical degree as so we bring out the books and like get into the, you know, nitty gritty of it all. Cause it's like, yes, it's just body parts. It's fine. Like there's no, should be no stigma around it. So, but anyways, my point being like what has stopped me from ever reaching out to you about one of those pieces it's like, I don't know if I'm ready for the wrath and fire of like my elder family <laughs> from having like a vagina hanging on my wall, Um, you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, like so my they- grandma loves everything that I've ever made. She shares everything that I post on Facebook. But um when a couple years ago, I was like, okay, oh, hey, what's well, your birthday? What do you want? And she was like, I don't want a vagina. I already have one. I don't need another. I was like,
0: okay, fair, fair. Yeah, that is very fair. fair. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, I mean... I just feel like a lot of your, a lot of your pieces have started conversations and I'm interested in knowing how has that felt to you in comparison, especially to when you were in the like clothing design world and, you know, doing that kind of design versus, um, an artwork design and the reaction from that like what's that experience been like for you
1: yeah i think that like just there. you know as makers we are a little narcissistic like we like to hear when people <laughs> like our stuff right um and You know, it is really nice to hear when people have positive reactions to things, whether it was the clothes or this. Um, and even though I was designing for a corporate company and everything had to be okayed and had to be checked, I still had a lot of pride in what I was doing. And I know that I was only one small part of the whole piece, but it still Mm -hmm. did give me, Mm -hmm. um, the sense of pride when I saw someone wearing it. And I think now with my work, it's like so much more personal. And I mm-hmm. feel like not a lot of people know who I am. So the people that do follow me, they're they're following me because they like my work or they like me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I get a lot of positive reactions, you know, Sometimes, like I said, I do get negative ones, um, but it definitely yeah. is more vulnerable now when I like yeah. post something. Cause I'm like, if people hate <laughs> it, I will, you know, I'll be a little upset, but yeah. you know, I like it more that it's just like so much more of my feelings and opinions. And it's so much more me, what I'm doing now.
0: Have you ever made a piece that you were scared to share? Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, the last piece that I did was more, um, So the screen, right? The screen was about women who originally, it was in my mind, the inspiration came from women in the woodshop, but now it was like women who went through something that didn't report it and they found their strength in other ways and how they need space and respect. Mm -hmm. And that was really abstract um, in terms of violence. The most recent piece that I did was Mm -hmm. the woman who was clearly beaten, that was holding the police placard for a mugshot. And I was definitely nervous to post that. I was like, this is like actual violence. This is like, you can see it. Um, so I was nervous about like people, like in an artistic way, I didn't know if it was just like obvious. I didn't know if it was like, I don't know, I just, I just was like, was this not thought out that it's so obvious? Um, and I was also nervous about people seeing it and then being triggered. Um, it's hard to have these conversations because people, you know, have gone through so much and I don't want to like trigger that, but I was definitely nervous to post that. I was like, um, and then of course, I wasn't nervous for the conversations, but I knew the conversations were gonna be heavy. And people did comment that like, they have known people in their lives that have gone through the worst when it comes to domestic violence. You know, that was really
0: heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I don't know, like when you released that, it was very, I guess not not, I want to say well-timed just because it goes with like I don't think it's hit national news but like here in Iowa right now like a woman's being charged for killing her rapist right so she's being charged for murder and all of the other things kind of going around this country of basically like let's hunt down the women who are seeking out um, reproductive health care instead of like the perpetrators who put that woman in that position to begin with. Um, Yeah. And so it was like just so timed I think you know when and I'm sure some of that was probably on your mind when um, you made that piece and like yes it's like I don't I'm pretty sure I didn't even comment I saw it and read it and I you know sat with it type thing um but it's it is there is a point sometimes lately especially that I am kind of like I am just so tired of like all of the stuff right like yeah like you said 2020 I think the, what happened in 2020, and I've said this before in the podcast, is that it's not that it was any worse of a year than any previous year, as far as uh, social injustices go. However, we no longer had anything to distract us from that injustice. And so we all became super hyper aware um, of it. You know, I, and when I say we am, especially talking about um, white America, I guess, um, yeah. you know, because unfortunately, others have known about all of this stuff for much longer because they've been experiencing it for much longer. Um, so we couldn't escape from it. And like you did, a, you know, I kind of have done a deep dive into just, you um, educating myself more and trying to be more of a listener than a speaker um, on issues. And it just gets so overwhelming now that it feels like, I don't know, like even in the maker community, sometimes I feel Alone, or like, there's a few, you know, like yourself being one of them. That I'm like, okay, we'll talk about this stuff, and it doesn't always feel like the rest of the community is always showing up in that space. And so yeah. sometimes I'm like, I'm kind of tired of doing all the lake work. <laughs> um, and so I'm just curious, like, do you feel that way ever? Like, does is it? Is it emotionally hard to like, continue to push that line in your artwork, especially?
1: Um, yes. <laughs> so, so like in terms of my relationship with the community, um, it's hard to find just like in, in a practical sense, it's hard to find a good shop, right? It's mm-hmm. hard to find yeah. a safe space. Um, and it's hard to be comfortable enough to have these opinions. Like, if I go into a shop and, you know, we're talking, the, the news is our daily life now. It actually affects us.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not like, you know, um, So to have those conversations on a day-to-day basis, but be nervous about who you're working right next to on power tools, you know, can be really uncomfortable. Um, And to also like be nervous about sharing aspects of yourself in a shop. Um, So also in that sense too, like I'm, I say I'm helping out. So we do have a community (laughs) workshop down here. From by a woman named Carrie. She's amazing. I met her when I was working uh, with Dykes and with Drills, which is another amazing organization. They're out of California. Um, but she has been working so hard to secure a location. We just got one. And I am, like I said, a shop manager. And I am like, we have shared values of the shop being inclusive and accessible and making sure that the people that come there are welcome and able to be whoever they are. Um, And also in a sense of like sharing knowledge and educating people and making this a safe space, you know, like an accessibility money wise, like you shouldn't have to be rich to be able to enjoy making, you know, it shouldn't just be this one group of people that are, rich, retired folks, you know, yeah. like, it yeah. should be everybody. Um, so I'm really excited about building the community. I, I tried to search for it. I couldn't find it. Now I'm trying to help build one. Um, yeah. but yeah, so just like in that sense, surrounding myself with like-minded makers is so wonderful it's so amazing I know that it's difficult in for a lot of people in a lot of different cities like New Orleans didn't really have this um before and uh it's yeah Mm -hmm. it's hard and vulnerable Mm -hmm. too like when I was at uh in the fellowship I was there for a year and people would come in and out and I was definitely very aware that I have a big mouth <laughs> and not everyone <laughs> likes me like, or my work. And I was just there. So,
0: yeah. 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 I I'm really excited that.
1: about what's being built here. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's awesome. And I'm glad and also, that.
1: Thank God for Instagram, right? Yes. yes. Because then I can meet people like you. And you know what? You know what I refer to like, like you? And my other Instagram friends and my cousins on my Instagram side.
0: I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Thank goodness, seriously, uh, for Instagram, because that has made me feel less alone, for sure. Um, Because, too, also, I mean, outside of, like, just finding in real life, like, people who even can connect with you on those level of like talking about power tools and you know, that kind of stuff, um, like even outside of that, like most of the time this field is a very solitary field. So like to be able to have community to talk to you either about a project or something else that you're passionate about, I think is huge, like in so many ways and I will say definitely Instagram has fulfilled that. And then especially like getting the opportunities to meet some of those people like in real life and, you know, further those friendships. It's like, yes, thank goodness. I know there's somebody out there that actually like gets this.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then it's like the secret ones too, where it's like you follow each other and, you know, (laughs) they only post woodworking and everything. And then like, I'll post a story about, you know, whatever, um, political, and then they'll reply and I'll be like, ooh, yeah. I knew you were a lefty, you have been
0: quiet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I will say like, I tend to take more chances on my stories than I do in my feed, like, and I feel like I think I had this conversation with um, Lindsay of Lindsay Creative, I think is her tech in Texas. Um, yeah. And she we've had this conversation before, and it's like, I really feel like those that engage with stories these days are like the true, like, true, true followers. Um, yeah. And so it's like that's really where I've kind of found the best community is like because it's like, okay. And, and, you know, that's on me a little bit too, but it's like, I'm less scared to share an instant reaction to something because I also know it will be gone in 24 hours. Like if somebody doesn't like it, they know like, you know, whatever, they don't have to reply because it will be gone in 24 hours. Um, You know, but sometimes on things that you put on your feed, like even people that you think are kind of in the same camp as you can sometimes surprise you and not be and send you know not I won't say negative but confrontational maybe yeah um, messages
1: yeah and And the world is everyone's
0: watching how you
1: reply
0: yes oh sorry I was saying and then everyone's watching how you reply which is actually the part that makes me so nervous (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right
1: And I mean, it's just crazy that people are like, so bolstered by the internet. It's like, you're not anonymous, man. Why are you just <laughs> saying that?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how did you find kind of, um, you said, I think you said, is her name Carrie or Kelly? I can't. Carrie. Carrie, like how did you find that community like in real life around you? Well, when I was a fellow in Maine,
1: uh, the woodworking school is a nonprofit, and I started thinking like, okay, what's my next step? And I was like, I kind of want to work for a nonprofit that involves woodworking and is geared towards education or empowerment towards you know women in non-binary and marginalized groups, and I was just googling and I found Dykes with Drills, and they're a great organization. They, um, if it's just a workshop, you can just go and you do a build a project together um, and you just learn the tools and it's super open and vulnerable. You're just like, I've never used that before. And they're like, cool, let me show you how to do it. And they talk you through it as opposed to being environments that can sometimes feel intimidating to admit that you don't know something. Um, So yes, I found this organization. Then during the pandemic, I was in New York. Carrie was in Chicago and I started doing virtual classes for them. So we met virtually and then I moved to New Orleans and she just happened to move to New Orleans shortly after me. So it was like one of those people that you talk to many times online and then you meet them in real life and it's like
0: (laughs) you have legs yes yes yeah yeah that's awesome um that really is awesome it it's one of those things i wish um like kind of similar to what you're doing i had started again searching for actual in real life community around me and not finding it and so I'm like, well, I guess fuck it. I guess I'm making it. Um so you know that's what I started a woodworking club, which I'm just taking a break from for grad school, but it's still going, which makes me happy that like, you know, the women that had showed up for it are still coming. And it must have been at least a good enough environment. We created a, an environment that they you know feel safe to kind of keep going. Um, that's awesome yeah it is but it is one of those things sometimes of just like why I don't know why do we always have to create it like can it just be there <laughs> yeah. it takes so much work to create all that stuff um like so I'm curious because New Orleans is pretty big so are there other community shops that just don't um give that safe space or that same vibe that you guys are going for well,
1: there was another community shop down here. Um, when we were transitioning to a new location, um, we, Carrie reached out to them. They were really great. They gave our members a uh, little bit of a discount for a few months because um, their rates are higher uh, mm-hmm. and their facilities are much bigger. And I, I wouldn't say that it's like a bad community at all. I think it's just very independent um, and kind of the vibe that you kind of get there is like you go in and you do your project and then you kind of leave. And Mm -hmm. that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's kind of not, it's just not exactly what we were trying to achieve. Uh, So our shop, uh, when they are, when we're open, we have a shop manager. Mm-hmm. and the shop manager's there to help with mm-hmm. whatever you need. So a lot of people are kind of new, and they want to make like this one thing, but they don't know how to do it. And, or they know the tools, but they're not super confident on it yet. And the other day, a woman came in and she was like, I have been making frames, but at home alone. But one day she had um, tear out, and it kind of, a piece flew at her, and it scared her. And she was just nervous to be working alone mm-hmm.
0: um and it's just
1: like that little shock right like this happened to me I was uh I was turning I was I don't turn but I was helping out with a class and I like nicked a corner and it spun around and slammed on my finger and then it was fine but like I was scared of the lathe after that and I was like I needed someone to kind of stand there with me and be like, look, it's okay. So I was really happy that, you know, I was there to just stand next to her and kind of like help her find her own confidence again. And it's the little things that, you know, I feel like us as a community talking about things and helping people is kind of just a little something extra that we wanted to prioritize
0: yeah and I just think in general I mean especially I'm mainly talking Instagram kind of maker community but everyone is generally super excited to share their knowledge you know with other people and yeah. <clears throat> I think um, having a space where that can come from like anybody within that space um, is pretty awesome because I know I've been and it still continues to happen to me like you know especially if I'm in a space where maybe I'm the only female or maybe one of two and I speak up to share my knowledge um I get shut down usually um and treated like I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about (laughs) um uh you know to that point then I'm like fine cut your own fucking finger off Anyway, you know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Just, but I think like if you can create an atmosphere where regardless of gender or background, like somebody can feel like they can share with others in that space to make the whole community better. I think that's just kind of, you know, a great format to get to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then like, to your point too, about people sharing knowledge on Instagram, I had a couple instructors when I was first starting out and first starting to really expand in veneer. uh, They told me that I should not give away information for free. That um, as a maker, you make money by making and by teaching. Mm -hmm. And,
0: you know, a lot of
1: the craft schools and everything like traveling around and going and teaching these workshops. And I just got really depressed by that idea. Like I Mm -hmm. could afford Mm -hmm. that 12 week program because I was working a corporate job in New York city. Like I had the money because I had the fancy job.
0: Right.
1: I don't have the fancy job now. So I just, I was like, no, like, Someone could come along behind me and learn the skills that I am teaching and they could do it better than me right why why would I try and stop them you know they're never gonna be able to do the same things that I can they're never gonna have the same ideas right. they're never right. gonna have
0: exactly.
1: yeah but they could ha- they could have a better technique they could have a better skill set they could you know excel past me and like I'm not yeah. gonna stop yeah. them I find great joy in veneer. If someone else can too, they
0: should. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely like, I'm the same way. You know, having so many people be like, you shouldn't share that or share that. But then also on the flip side, I'm like, but if I actually want to teach this skill, shouldn't I also show people that I know what I'm talking about (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and not leave it a mystery? because the the reality is is even no no matter how hard you try to share as much information as possible on Instagram, it's generally not longer than a minute and you're not sharing like an entire, you know, 12 week program or, yeah. or but it's enough to like maybe it is enough for somebody who already has a compatible skill set to pick it up and go with it. And that's fine. Like who cares? Again, like you said, it's yeah. not like their competition is. You know, they're never going to make the same piece that you're going to make ever. So it shouldn't matter if they have the same skill set or not. Yeah. Yeah. And actually
1: my friend was uh, working on a sculpture and she was in a group chat asking us about cutting foam. And I sent her like all of your videos. I was like, I got you. This is how you do it. (laughs) She was like, this is so perfect. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for sending those, especially yes. since I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm just sharing as I'm learning. <laughs> no, thank you for making the videos so I could send them to her. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, yes, I because teaching I have found is actually something I enjoy, which is a shocker to me. Um, because I started out college undergrad to become a teacher and I changed that up after one semester because I was like, I don't want to teach high schoolers. Um, But when it's something I'm passionate about, I enjoy teaching. So like teaching others woodworking and watching their like confidence grow is super exciting. Like I want by the end of that class for, people in my class to not need me anymore like that's my end goal is like to put myself out of business you know (laughs) like my end goal is not for them to be like i can only do this work if katie's with me like that's not it at all
1: yeah i love that that's awesome yeah
0: do you i mean now that you're so if you're the shop manager are you going to be teaching or do you teach classes then um i do,
1: we're still kind of expanding um, on what we're going to be doing. And I am going to start teaching some Dikes with Drills classes, which are really fun. They're kind of geared towards learning the tools and feeling confident and empowered. Um, And then, yeah, I'd love to teach some veneer classes. I have so far really only done like one in person. Everything else has been via Zoom, which is also like, okay, the pandemic was good for some things, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: all of a sudden Mm -hmm. people were craved for classes and a lot of instructors didn't know Zoom, they, you know, weren't Mm -hmm. open to it and, Mm -hmm. you know, being like a desperate newbie for experience I was like I'll teach a class on zoom just so I could start teaching classes because normally no one would yeah. ever hire someone just being like yeah so I was uh yeah, yeah lucky that or- a couple of organizations <laughs> let me do that when I had no experience whatsoever
0: that's awesome did you I don't know if I I feel like maybe I saw this did you end up teaching then for like woo at all no, not for Woo, but I did teach for Pratt
1: ah. in Seattle, not Pratt Institute in New York. Um, and I taught for uh, Dice With Drills. Okay.
0: Okay. Nice.
1: Yeah. But no, yeah, Woo, the-
0: oh my God, I love Woo.
1: I've never been, I've just been fangirling, stalking them online for forever.
0: Yes, same. I know I'm like I need to find an excuse to go to the east coast and like just go there. Um, because they also tend to get like a lot of my favorite people that I also like fangirl over. Um yeah. like I still for it is gonna happen, I swear to god, before the before I die, I am taking a chair making class design and making class with Laura Mays. Like it's happening, I just don't know when. <laughs>
1: yeah I've never met her in person either but we've like crossed paths we've had conversations but it's yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly so it's like it's it's gonna happen one of these days yeah um well we're like up against the end of our time together so I do want to make sure I know make sure that um I give you the chance to let people know how they can find you follow along with you if there's any like events or anything coming up that you want to share that as well go for it
1: um okay uh well i guess my best uh way to keep track of what i'm doing is instagram uh my handle is chelsea van boris and just events wise we are having events in new orleans coming up we um have social events. We have community events. We have classes. Um, I do post when I'm going to teach a class. I have, oh, I also just finished up my last, uh, fine woodworking blog, which should be out soon. And there may be things in the future that I don't know if I can talk about.
0: Um, and yeah, that's fair. That's fair. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for uh, chatting today. I really enjoyed it. Me too. This was so much fun.
1: I can't believe it's (laughs) over already. That was very
0: fast. You know, everybody says the same thing. (laughs) Go so fast. All right. So again, Chelsea Van Voris. I will include the show note in the show notes for today's episode you can find the links on how you can follow along with chelsea and keep up with her recent artwork um, and uh if you enjoyed today's episode please head on over to itunes leave a five-star review um that definitely helps out the show Or you can also head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting a revolution. If you think that you might want to help support um, in a more ongoing manner, you can check out the different tiers available over there. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of this mini series to start out the new year. I'll see you in the next episode. Her, they, they got something they want to say solution for
1: the toxic masculinity. pollution is the constant evolution of